to the $100 MBA show because the more you know, the more you grow. That's why we deliver daily 10-minute business lessons for the real world. I'm your host, your coach, your teacher, Omar Zenholm. I'm also the co-founder of Webinar Ninja, an independent software company I started my co-founder back in 2014. And today's episode is Free Ride Friday. On Free Ride Fridays, we give away a lifetime membership to one of our programs. We're giving away our automated webinar challenge, our 30-day course on how to automate your leads and sales with automated webinars. It retails for $500 over at WebinarNinja.com slash AWC, or you can win it for free. Just leave us an Apple podcast rating and review, and you enter our weekly random draw we call Free Ride Friday. Listen in on Friday to see if you won. It's that simple. We announce this week's winner a little bit later in the episode. In today's episode, you will learn why an e-commerce business is one of the hardest businesses to start and grow. I've started and grown a lot of different businesses from an eBay store to selling custom clothing online to coaching to courses to software. I've had a variety of different kinds of businesses and products and offerings. And in my professional opinion, e-commerce is one of the hardest businesses to start and grow. Now, I'm not discussing this topic today to deter you from doing an e-commerce business. Instead, I want to give you the truth so you know what to expect and you're ready for it. What are the specific challenges you're going to face with e-commerce? Selling physical products online. What are some of the mistakes that you can avoid? What are some of the things that you should be ready to tackle? I want you to be ready so you're not caught off guard. And the reason why I think this lesson is so important today is because most people that I found that are not in business, they're thinking about starting an online business, they think about starting an e-commerce business. Let's make sure you're prepared for what's to come. Let's get into it, let's get down to business. Support for today's show comes from Webinar Ninja. Know what really sells your product or service? It's not marketing or ads. It's you, your blog, your social feeds, your podcast. These are all ways we try to share ourselves, our value, and build trust with our audience. But what if you can go even further? What if you can connect with potential clients or customers in a way that's even more personal, more engaging, more effective? Well, that's where webinars and Webinar Ninja comes in. Hosting a live lesson, product showcase, or Q&A session is the best way to share yourself and prove yourself to an audience. But wait, you're thinking, aren't webinars a giant pain in the ass? Yes, yes they are, but not with Webinar Ninja. Webinar Ninja has one job, to make webinars easy for you. It's the user-friendliest software ever created for webinars, so you can focus on your audience, not the tech. And here's the best part. You can get started with Webinar Ninja for free. Every plan comes with a free 14-day trial. And because you're a listener of this podcast, we got a real special deal for you. Go to WebinarNinja.com and at checkout, use promo code MBA and you'll get 15% off your first month or your first year. Again, that's WebinarNinja.com. Use promo code MBA for 15% off your first month or your first year. Can't wait to see you inside the software and our community. Having the right tools to run your business is really important, and that's why we recommend Zero. Zero is the easiest, most powerful accounting software we know. And the reason why we know is because we're big users. We run all our businesses with Zero. It integrates with our banking, 
all our financial apps and payment processors. It's easy for us, it's easy for our bookkeepers and accountants, and it's built for business owners, not financial nerds. If you want to make it easy on yourself to handle the numbers, check out Zero. Go to Zero. That's X-E-R-O dot com slash podcasts. About 80% of the friends and family that come to me or talk to me about starting an online business, they think about starting an e-commerce business. The other 20%, usually it's software. And this is natural. People understand business and commerce as uh, selling physical goods. They're used to it because that's how they buy things, whether it's online or in person in a shop. I think I'd like to sell things. And their immediate thought is I should sell things online in my own e-commerce store. They often think, how hard could it be? Because I've bought things online all the time. There's so many businesses out there that do this. And I'm here to tell you, it's probably one of the hardest online businesses to start and grow. And I'm gonna explain why. The number one reason e-commerce stores are hard, are difficult, are challenging, is because of overhead costs. Compared to other types of businesses that lend itself to scale, whether it's software or coaching or courses or digital products. E-commerce, on the other hand, have ongoing costs, expenses that you need to shell out for from day one. And that, of course, is your inventory, the actual product you're selling. Very rarely does anybody start an e-commerce store and they are selling one or two products, one or two SKUs, unique items in their store. Most people, when they have an e-commerce store, are going to have a minimum of 10 to 15 products. This means you need inventory of these products. And if your product is something that requires different sizes, like clothing or shoes, I know this because I had a clothing line, then that's even more stock. And then you factor in colors and fabrics. That's another thing. So regardless of what your product is, there's inventory you have to buy to make sure you are ready to sell these products. Now, I'm not talking about drop shipping. I'm not talking selling other people's products. I'm talking about your own products, products that you manufacture or products that you produce. Now, a lot of people think the costs are purely the costs of the goods that you have to you know, pay for so that you can sell them at a profit. But that's just the beginning. You have the costs of the actual product, then you have the packaging of that product because you have to deliver it in a presentable package. I'm not talking about the shipping package, I'm talking about the actual packaging, like the box that your iPhone comes in. Then you gotta factor in storage and stocking. This is a huge expense a lot of people don't think about. How are you going to store and stock your products? There's different companies that will do this for you. We send your inventory with SKUs, with identification that are already packaged, and they will put it in their warehouse and they'll pick and pack it even, which is another cost, by the way, when you get an order. It integrates with your website, but there's a cost involved. Many people, they kind of try to skip this cost by storing things in their own home or garage. But then you have the cost of labor. Or you have to, or somebody else, has to pick and pack each order and send it out. Then you have the shipping costs. Yes, you're gonna charge for shipping in most cases, but there is a cost of labor and time to pull that off. All of these costs increase the level of risk because you're taking money out of your pocket with the hope that people will buy. You could put all these costs aside and then you have a totally different cost. And it's called the cost of seasonality. Most e-commerce stores, they can't sell the same products forever. For example, I had a clothing line. I couldn't sell the same shirts year after year. I had popular shirts or, you know, signature shirts for my brand that I reproduced because 
it was kind of synonymous with our brand, but I had to continue to produce new styles because it's a new season. So every minimum six months, I had to come up with new product. That means my old inventory basically loses value. I can either sell it on clearance or even just sell it at cost. Many times I had to just donate everything because it cost me more money to store it and to have it inventoried. It would actually save me money if I just took my remaining inventory and gave it to charity. Think about that. You're selling the products that you paid hard-earned dollars to sell, but you didn't sell them, and therefore you got to get rid of them because keeping them is costing you money. And you're now starting to see the picture. So what can you do if you are starting an e-commerce business to prepare for this, to do this better, to save some money? Two things. Number one, do not sell things that are competitively priced. I sold custom tailored clothing for men, meaning the clothing that people bought from me was unique. No one can actually get the same shirt somewhere else, Macy's or Amazon. It was custom tailored to them and therefore I could charge a premium. That way I don't have thin margins. I can afford to not sell out all my products by having a higher price point. Uh, my e-commerce store didn't sell anything less than $100. Everything was $100, $200, $300 a piece. The second thing is that when you have a demand for your product, a product that's unique that people actually want, they will be patient with you in terms of how quickly they get it. So for example, with our product, the turnaround time was about two weeks and they were willing to wait two weeks because they can't get it anywhere else. It's unique. And therefore I can have a shorter window of production to sale. I can keep low inventory and if I run out of inventory, I can produce more and they can wait. A lot of people we're fine with this because I set up expectations on the website. This allows me never to have overstock and waste money. Let's get into another category that a lot of people don't talk about with e-commerce and that's customer acquisition. Getting customers to buy your products is incredibly important in any business. It doesn't matter if you're selling courses or software or physical goods. You have to have a way, a repeatable system to acquire customers. Some people use content marketing or SEO, or they use paid ads, or they do webinars to market. And with e-commerce, it can get really expensive because a lot of people sell to so many different kinds of people. The wider your audience, the harder it is to market, the more expensive it is to market because you're trying to talk to everybody. So my advice when it comes to your e-commerce store is try to niche as much as possible. Because if you niche down, you know exactly who you're talking to, you know exactly who to go after to advertise to, to email, to market to, and turn into a customer to acquire them. For example, in my uh, clothing line, my e-commerce business, I sold dress shirts, so I really targeted professional men, but not only professional men, not only any professional man, but professional men that were tall or big, that couldn't buy a shirt at a department store because their arms were long, they had long necks, long torsos, they needed it to be custom tailored. So this niches it even more down. Then I made sure that my product was premium, that meant it was upmarket, it was upmarket niche. I also made sure that my clothing was all natural fibers. So people that had allergies or had issues with synthetic blends would come to me and see the advantage of paying a little bit more. So because my dress shirts cost $200 plus, when I ran Facebook ads, when I ran digital ads, it was easy for me to find a demographic that was earning a certain income, was of a certain age, that was interested in certain things 
that would lend itself to my ideal avatar. So it really made it easier for me to market to this person because I knew exactly who they were. They were very niche. I also knew that my customers knew other customers that were like them. So I had viral marketing, meaning I had referral marketing. I gave them store credit if they referred a customer because I knew the other tall people, other people that had this problem knew other people like this. Now, e-commerce is not all hard. There's a lot of tools out there like Shopify that make it simple. So you really have a lot of options. There's a lot of great email marketing tools for e-commerce like Drip and Klaviyo. So there is an advantage with e-commerce because it's popular that there are some tools and solutions for you. I got more on today's topic, but before that, let me share with you some of our favorite tools. We all know the power of an email list and growing our email list, but managing it, automating our emails, making sure they actually get into the inbox, that's where ConvertKit comes in. ConvertKit is an all-in-one email marketing platform. I've used a lot of different email marketing platforms and we use ConvertKit for a reason. It just works. It does what you need it to do. It's simple, it's easy, and it keeps improving every single day. Plus, you can start for free. Go ahead to 100mba.net slash ConvertKit to get started. We also love WP Engine. We host all our websites on WP Engine, and it's for good reason. It's the best. It's super fast, it's secure, and their support team is out of this world. It's like having your own technicians on call 24-7. Most of the time when I need something done and I get on chat, they don't tell me what to do. They just do it for me, exactly what I want. If you're hosting a website, especially a WordPress website, check out WP Engine. And as a listener of the show, you can get 20% off. Just go to WPENG.IN slash MBA and use code WPE20OFF. WP Engine, the best way to host your website. Now, we talked about the starting part. What about the growing part of a business? You can get some traction with some initial sales with your e-commerce business, but that's a whole different ballgame versus growing the business, taking things to the next level, going from $10,000 a year to $100,000 to a million dollars a year. And the reason why e-commerce is harder than others is that the way to scale an e-commerce business is a little bit different than a digital software business, a course business, a coaching business. You can't just do more of the same. It's actually very much like a physical business. If I wanted to grow and expand a pizzeria business, I would open up new branches in different neighborhoods, different locations. After I have about 10, 15 locations, maybe I'm thinking about franchising or have people uh, license my product or recipe for the great pizzas I make. So using this example, e-commerce stores follow a similar model. If you want to expand your e-commerce store, you got to expand your market. You got to expand where you actually have a presence. This is why a lot of e-commerce stores that make it big, they know that they actually have to get into physical stores. They actually have to get in front of more people. So they might rent out a little display in their supermarket or a little display in a department store that's local to them. And they might do that over and over in different towns. They'll have a few products there on stock and they'll restock it slowly, but they make a huge emphasis on the product packaging that, hey, order online. They even incentivize people to order online. They get discounts. So they buy it from the store and then they learn, oh, I can just reorder this thing online. So many e-commerce businesses grow by having a physical presence in different stores. You might've seen this or heard about this. 
on Shark Tank. People sell physical products on Shark Tank all the time, and they get into different stores or different markets, and then they sell on their online store as well. So the physical presence in stores is a marketing activity more than it is a sales activity. You then might want to think about licensing your product to be sold in other stores, online or offline. This is how a lot of physical product businesses scale beyond being a six-figure business. It's very hard for you to hit a million, two million, ten million off your own e-commerce store with no real outreach, with no physical presence in the world or any kind of partnerships. And if you think about it, this makes total sense. Think about any physical product you bought online. You either knew this product beforehand, you bought it before, you had it in your hand, you bought it at a store, like something you bought from Amazon, like toilet paper, or you've seen a similar product in person before, and therefore you see this online, you're like, hey, I'll pick this up. There are exceptions, of course, clothing, shoes, but you have a frame of reference. The point of being in physical stores or other stores or licensing your product is giving people the awareness of your product, but also for them to have a frame of reference. So when they go online and see your products on your store, it's not totally unfamiliar. They are primed to be a buyer. Well, there you have it, guys. I hope that helped. I just wanted to outline some of the challenges you may face if you start an e-commerce business. Hey, I ran an e-commerce business for several years. And despite the challenges, I enjoyed it. I loved having a physical product business. And it's still something I'm proud of till this day. Well, that wraps up today's lesson, but today's episode's not over. It's Free Ride Friday. Let's see who won this week's free ride. The handle on Apple Podcasts is tvunk23. tvunk says, so relatable, five stars. I've been a listener of the show for a long time and love the show. Can't believe the timing of today's episode about being sick. I've been struggling with this exact thing all week. Thank you for your vulnerability. Love your show. Well, thank you, Tvunk23, for that amazing review. Your mission is to email us at omar at 100mba.net so I can hook you up with a lifetime membership to the Automated Webinar Challenge over at webinarnasia.com slash awc. It retails for $500, but you just won it for free. If you want to win a free ride, just leave us an Apple Podcast rating and review and you enter our weekly random draw. Listen in on Friday just like today to see if you won. It's that easy. Before I go, I want to leave you with this. Every business has its own challenges. Every business will have things you need to consider and look out for, and it's roadblocks, and it's puzzles that you have to solve. What gets you through it is your love for the product, for the service, for the audience you're serving. So before you choose what kind of business, think about who you're going to serve. These are the people you're going to deal with every single day for the rest of your life, for the rest of the business's life. So choose your audience wisely. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll check you in Monday's episode. I'll see you then. Take care.